your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I hesitate because I always hesitate what day it is today, Jill, but I'm also doing double duty because I have to do Hayes' show this morning tomorrow, and tomorrow morning. So me at 6 a.m., uh, I don't I don't sleep a lot during those times, but Jill Billings is joining me. You can hear her giggling in the background. Uh, she's our assembly rep here in the lacrosse area, and I'm uh, 95, 95th district. You got it. Oh man, yep. what a, that was a guess at this point in the in the day for me. But um, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. But anything? Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, what's going on? Anything exciting? Can you do anything else but stuff in in Madison? Are you in Madison right now? I just got home, I, so I just got back to lacrosse. Um, so. Yeah, I'm there more now, but um, I'm still doing stuff back in my district. I mean, what was really one really exciting thing that you might be interested in is um, a, before last, I was out with the Outdoor Recreation Association, ORA, mm-hmm. um, and looked at a piece of property that they they have, and they're building trails on it. And oh, yeah. It was a beautiful piece of property, and just listening to the ideas and the brainstorms of what could happen out there that would um, increase our outdoor recreation and increase tourism in our area. And it was, it was a really exciting visit with them. I was, I was happy to be invited to go along. Yeah. I had them on my show a couple of weeks ago, the outdoor recreation Alliance. I had, I didn't, I had the, uh, I can't remember her name though. I had like, not the top, Uh, just the the Randy Smith, Randy Smith. No, that's not it. It's, I'll think of it. She's but, the one who invited me. Smith but uh, yeah, they, they they purchased some land. They were even talking about putting some kind of like, I don't know, uh, like a amphitheater out there or something, which would be kind of crazy. I don't know if people would like that or not. We're playing, yeah, it was pretty cool. Back in the day, it was they called it a snow bowl. There's an area where they did actually it was the first ski hill before our current ski hill. Um, and they had some old pictures. It's it's just it's a beautiful piece of property, um, and I I think there are a lot. Of, they have a lot of great ideas, and it could be really cool. They're just looking for. Um, I think they're looking for ideas. They're also looking for some funding. So yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So on the show today, I want I got a whole bunch. There's a, just a lot of stuff happening in Madison. That's like. We just keep talking about it, Jill. So I don't know if there's if you could bring other stuff to the table, but. Uh, I do have the uh, Republicans want to defund childcare, so I'm 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 coining that phrase. We're just going to do that. Mm-hmm. I have an idea mm-hmm. on how to fix the brewer situation because apparently we're tabling uh, the the upgrades or or I guess renov not renovations, just kind of we have to fix the stadium apparently that we just finished paying off, right? Like so, we have to do that. I have an idea there. Um, we have a seven billion dollar budget surplus, so the I, I don't know. Do you? How much are you paying attention to what the Joint Finance Committee does as you drive home? Because apparently they have a tax cut plan that they're going to either unveil or they've already unveiled. I haven't checked the wire in the last hour. Yeah, I got I got home and I um, I checked my um, email and I get budget updates. And so I learned the newest on um, what they said they want to do for the tax break and what they're going to do with. Uh, UW system system funding for diversity um, and equity and inclusion. So um, for the 
for the tax break, their uh, package is a $3.5 billion um, break, and which, I mean, I'm supportive of a tax break. I think people on both sides are supportive of a tax break with some of our surplus. Um, the heartburn that I have with this is that the largest tax break goes to um, the top bracket. And so right now we have four brackets, four tax brackets. Uh, Republicans have moved it down to three. They've kind of um, combined the two middle brackets into one. And, um, you know, the people who make the least amount of money get the smallest percentage of drop. And then people who make the most money um, get the largest percentage drop. And, you know, I think we learned a while ago that sort of this idea of trickle down doesn't really work. And so this idea that if you give the best tax break to the higher earner, earners, that that will trickle down to the middle income, low income folks. Jill, I, I don't, I don't go along with that. Trickle down doesn't work. Uh, unless you define how what trickle means, because trickle could be 50, 60 years, because if it's 50, 60 years of trickle, then we might just start seeing that payoff soon. Yeah. From the- I mean, the, the thing is, we all agree that there should be a tax break. The governor, um, he also offered tax breaks, but he's saying um, this idea of giving the highest earners the the best tax break percentage-wise, that just doesn't, that doesn't fly with him. So, so that's, um, so how does that work? So hiccup in the budget. Okay. So in the budget, there's a tax break and it's going to give, you know, people that make between, um, 27,000 and it's essentially like, instead of adding more brackets to the tax bracket, I guess, adding more tax, I don't know how, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, one is from zero to $12,000 and then from 12,000 to 25,000. So adding to those so that we could have, you know, anyone, because right now anyone that makes between $25,000 and $281,000 is taxed the same. So we could break that up like three or four times if you wanted. Cause I, I feel weird that the person making 25 grand is taxed the same as someone making $281,000, but we haven't done yeah. that. We did the opposite. We've cut one of those brackets and so now someone that's making $27,000 or no, someone, yeah, someone that's making $27,000 and someone that's making, what is it? Uh, $405,000 are going to be taxed the same. So that, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. It's so this is, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a hard sell to Democrats and the governor. Um, but this is, this is what the Republicans on joint finance have done today. So when that happens, um, when that happens and the governor gets the budget, does he just cross that off and then there are no tax cuts? Or do the, does he go, hey, I'm not going to sign this. Go back to the drawing board, people. You know, I, I don't know what the governor will do um, with this. I mean, he's, he's expressed his, um, his priorities and he's talked about the things that, are, um, that he's, he's ha- have a hard time going along with or he just won't go along with. Um, he has a line item veto. Um, he also has ability to veto the entire budget. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what he's going to what he's going to do with this. This is, I mean, over other years, I've see, really seen the governor, uh, the legislature coming to the table and trying to work some of this stuff out together. 
um, I'll say that, like up to this point, there's been a lot of discussion between leadership, uh, Democratic leadership in the Assembly and the Senate, and Republican leadership in the Assembly and the Senate. Um, and so, and then sitting down with the governor and talking through um, a lot of stuff and coming up with compromise on some of it. And, and that's, uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, but this tax break, I, I'm not sure what this just came out. This information just came out. Yeah, just and it just so hit the wire at an hour ago. So and, that that's State Rep. Jill Billing. She's going to hang out with us this hour. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Uh-huh. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. State Rep. Jill Billings on the show with me this hour. She's on the phone. She did get back, but I just told her to stay home because you don't need to come in here and then drive to Madison and drive back. And uh, but you're done. Do you have off for the weekend now, or what? Did, do you guys have to go back? Because it sounds like Robin Voss has a vacation or workcation. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has a workcation in Brussels uh, over the July Fourth week, so he wants to get this budget thing done. So you'll have to go sign the budget. Yeah, I saw that that was announced publicly. Um... I, uh, Robin's vacation was announced publicly, so uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we can get it done. Um, the Joint Finance Committee is taking votes still tonight, and after they finish, you know, could be the wee hours of the morning. Um, then it goes to the leg- the budget goes to the Legislative Fiscal Bureau, and they put it together with all the changes and and check um, all the numbers and make sure everything is kosher. And then uh, we'll vote on it possibly next week, um, likely Thursday into the wee hours of Friday maybe will be our final vote Thursday, Friday. Um, that's a possibility. Okay, so I, I think I've asked you this before. With a $7 billion budget surplus and a two-year budget on, on the getting, you know, you're, you're hashing it out, how, like, how important is this budget as as compared to maybe the last, what, six? You've been doing this for 12 years, right? So you've probably done this about six times, or this would be the sixth time? Yep. Is this like the most yeah. important one, just based on the money at hand and the ability to do things? And I think they're all important. You know, I think that um, this one with a surplus, I was hopeful that we would... These aren't your kids, Jill. You can in some more things. These aren't your kids. Would... You can tell me who's who's more important than the others. They're not going to be offended. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is really this is probably the most important thing we do in our two years. Um, this allocation of funds, it really is. And um, I was hoping I'd be able to vote for this budget. I, I, where we sit right now, I've got some heartburn. I don't know, um, but. Um, you know, with the with the surplus, the hope was we could invest in some really important things like, for example, a science building at UW-La Crosse or an engineering building in Madison. I mean, it was pretty hilarious yesterday. Uh, Miss America this year is from Wisconsin, and she is a nuclear physicist student at uh, Madison. And everybody's applauding her, and it was awesome listening to her talk. Um, and the reality is we could crank out a lot more of those students if um, we had the facility to be able to do that, but Republicans won't invest in that. So they're honoring and c- congratulating her uh, for her chosen field, and I'm just sitting there kind of rolling my eyes where it's like we could be doing so much more now. 
Well, a woman, a, back to Jill, a woman working. I mean, geez, they need to stay home with the kids. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Not showing favoritism to any of the kids, but just, you know, this studying and going to college thing, that's for the men. <laughs> what was I thinking, Rick? Yeah, I don't even know why you do what you do. You should probably resign right now. Give your position to, to a man and let him figure it out. Um, is the budget writing process, like, uh, is this timeline about normal? Um, yeah, it is. It is. Usually, I mean, we've actually got a, got a budget I voted and signed as late as October when, um, actually, it was when Governor Walker was still here. I think it was 2015. So, you know, we have had late budgets. We just continue with uh, um, the budget as it is, the current standing budget, if, we, if our next budget is late. So we don't do a shutdown like the federal government does. Yeah, I, w- um, I so was. Just... We're pretty much on track. Okay, because yeah. I was just worried that we're fast tracking this a little bit with the seven billion dollar budget surplus and um, all the things that we could do with that money. We're going to fast track it so that Voss can head to Brussels. I mean, we could he could head to Brussels and we could come back and do the budget. But we've also been sitting on seven billion dollars in budget surplus for a year and a half. Well, yeah, and we are, I, I will say, there is an extra hard push now that we're at the end. Um, you know, as you said, um, Speaker Voss is going to be gone, um, and I don't, I don't think a lot of uh, people want to um, have to try to figure out what they're going to do in January um, with schedules and plan stuff and along with us. And so we'd have to come back July 16th. Um, so, I mean, I'm able to do that, but I, I think some people, some people are, may have made plans in hopes that the budget was going to be, you know, settled. We were all told it was going to be settled in a timely manner. When the that budget's was, done, do you guys take a bunch of weeks off or what? Um, well, there's, there are a lot of um, conferences and learning opportunities this summer and, um, so, but we probably won't be in session until September. If we get the budget done by the end of this week, um, then we won't be in session. Um, so there'll be some, you know, like some of my, as you know, some of my committees and commissions still meeting, um, but, um, the standing committees, I, I mean, that'll all really slow down, I think until, uh, beginning of September, um, okay, so, so, so right like now July. people are like people are traveling to conferences and doing learning opportunities, and um, probably those in July and August, like the type of thing uh, Speaker Voss is doing. Yeah, because next year you have the last seven months of the year out of session too. So I always like to bring yeah, that up. We, that's when we start campaigning. <laughs> so that's when you stop <laughs> stop doing everything and then just campaign to get reelected. Um, yeah. Okay, I, I want to talk about the childcare thing in a little bit, but we have $7 billion budget surplus. You mentioned the UW system uh, building facilities that we're just not funding. The, okay, so the Prairie Spring Science Center, phase two of that, I believe it was going to cost like $90 million, and now that's double because we've put it off for three years? Four, four years. Yeah, I think it's four now. Maybe, yeah, yeah maybe longer. And, yeah, yeah well, I mean, originally it was going to be all one building. So if you take that into account, holy cow, it's been huh, maybe 10 years um, where we divided that into two as 
President Cross requested we do because Governor Walker coming out of um, coming out of the recession in 08, Governor Walker didn't want to fund a lot of uh, science buildings. Right? Science buildings are more expensive. Um, so we divide our project into two. Um, then, you know, the second half, we just couldn't get funding for that second half. Um, you know, Republicans come and look at our campus and they're like, Jill, you've got a beautiful campus. Why do you need a new building? Well, Cowley Hall is our old science building is the most expensive building to keep up on campus. And um, we need that. Um, there's some labs, some classroom space, some office space. Um, is in that second half that we really need. Um, the, the the thing that really drives me crazy, I'll tell you, is that we are an incredibly high-performing university. We're, you know, depending on the program, we're the second sought-after university after Madison. And, um, I mean, we have, we're hard to get into. We have a lot of great science students. Our, our enrollment keeps increasing, and we're the two, Madison and, and La Crosse, have increasing enrollment, and we're the two that didn't get our, our building projects. So it's like we're being punished for excellence. And when we're looking at our workforce, our future workforce, I mean, this, is, this makes no sense. What they're doing is making no sense, not investing in these important buildings on our campuses. Um, they're creating our workforce, and we all know that we need our workforce. And you're on the, I don't know what it's called exactly, some kind of building commission. Maybe that's literally what it's called. Right. That's it. Yep. Oh, okay. Building commission. Oh, I know. Look at me. I know what I'm talking about. Um, so, so this is like this is like one of the things that you're, you know, like you're really involved in. Is is do you do you feel like you failed here because you couldn't convince somebody to to update the building that's literally leaking? And and Tommy Thompson comes here and says Tommy Thompson, former Republican governor who was the UW system interim part president, is is having speeches and like, hey, we need to fund this Prairie Spring Science Center, and nobody listens to him. This guy was at Mar-a-Lago for crying out loud. It's true. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what more we could have done. We had all of our um, employers call and talk about the importance of the workforce. Um, companies like Brennan Marine, uh, Quick Trip, Gunderson and Mayo, Train Company, um, we, Darlin Power. We, um, you know, talked about 87% of our science and health science students stay right here in Wisconsin. So clearly, we're provo- providing an important workforce. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else we could have done. I think that Republicans uh, just made a huge mistake with our campus and with Madison's campus. Is, I is mean, there, it, is it, there an- it's just it's it's ridiculous at a time of largesse that they couldn't see the importance. But, I mean, that's the same thing with childcare, where they nope. won't invest in childcare. Don't do it, Jill. We can't either. do it till after the break. We can't go to the childcare. I don't have time. Okay. But is there is there okay. an argument here that says since UW-Madison and UW-La Crosse are doing so well, you said, they're the top two, however you want to quantify that, that we need to bring the others up. We need to invest those other universities to, like, raise the tide there so that everyone's kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think that we could do both. Right, I mean, $7 billion. If we're in the governor's budget, we could do both. What are we going to do with the $7 billion? It's just the tax break for rich people? Is that what, is that what it's going to be? Well, I mean, it, there's a lot that makes up that, and, and we'll know when the, the budget is totally settled and signed. 
Um, you know, we give some um, personal property tax relief uh, for businesses. I mean, that's a that's a tax that we've really been trying to eliminate for quite a while. But we wanted to make um, local governments whole with that. The local entities that also benefit from some of that personal property tax is just it's not a good tax anymore. It's a Swiss cheese tax, as people have have um, kind of taken out parts of it, and I'm guilty of that myself with legislation for um, rental equipment companies. So, um, so I and you know I understand we need relief uh, for that. Is it literally um, tax on Swiss cheese? Like when a restaurant has to buy Swiss cheese? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tax where there's a lot of holes in it. So yeah, right. I Swiss got you. cheese tax. Because <laughs> well, when Brett Baff comes I mean, on, he's like, in Wisconsin, we. I mean, Jen Schilling always said that, that, that this, we, um, we educate, we medicate, and we incarcerate. The largest part of our budgets for education, incarceration, and, and health care. All right, when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to talk about defunding child care. Also, I'm going to give you my idea to fix the Brewer Stadium situation. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back. We used to be I'm just going 90s hits, Jill. No. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. I, I should say I, that's not true because I did party in the USA before, and that's definitely not 90s. Um, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Jill Billings uh, is hanging out this hour. She's an assembly rep in District 95, represents Lacrosse and Shelby, right? Parts of Shelby. That's right. And, and Town of Campbell. Okay. Is it all of those or is it parts of those? Part, it's all of Town of Campbell, all of Lacrosse, and uh, parts of Shelby. Parts of Shelby. Okay. And we were uh, off the air. We were kind of discussing that drive-by shooting, and um, you, you, from what you've heard, I guess I didn't read the criminal complaint yet because I just haven't had time. But um, it was maybe a fight over food or something. So, like we've gotten into the, we've got, we we live in a world now where if my basketball rolls into my neighbor's yard, I, I better be careful about going to get it. We've seen um, a, a kid shot for a basketball rolling in the neighbor's yard, and the neighbor she she went to go and get it. And then we've, and then you can't knock on the door and tell that person that, hey, my basketball rolled in your yard. I'm going to go grab it, because we've seen a kid get shot for knocking on someone's door incorrectly. It accidentally went to the wrong door, and then we've seen people get shot for uh, being picked up from like cheerleading practice and then jumping into their mom's car. But whoops, it it wasn't my mom's car. It looked the same, so I jump out and jump back into my friend's car and wait for my mom. But then that person gets out of the car and shoots you because you jumped in their car. So like what like and now we're fighting over food and and then doing a drive by where six people get shot. It might not be over food, but it was definitely just like a confrontation outside at bar time, and then that that led to a drive by shooting, like which is ridiculous. Yeah, this I, I appreciate the the comments from Chief Kudron afterwards that this is not who we are in Lacrosse, and then we're not going to accept this kind of behavior and. Um, obviously, this was a priority to them, and they found the person who allegedly did it, and um, that that they're locked up now until trial. It looks like yeah, a million and, dollar bond. Um, I this I think this is you know as I told you earlier, this is uh, upsetting to me as a mom who had kids that were downtown with friends. My daughter came home for the weekend and got together with some old high school friends, and they were a couple blocks away and a couple hours earlier downtown and then they came home but um this is incredibly upsetting to me and uh we've got to do something about this kind of situation and so uh 
Democrats have introduced legislation to do a little bit about gun safety. You know, it's it's a, I think it's a start. And um, so I signed on to the legislation, um, and I I think it's I think it's proven evidence based common sense gun legislation. I'm from a family of hunters. I don't want to take away anybody's guns that should have a gun. Um, but um, I think it's smart to look at closing the background check loopholes, which this would do. So firearm sales have to go through licensed dealers, um, and buyers have to pass a, a background check. So makes it more difficult for people who shouldn't have guns to get them. Um, the second piece uh, would be a sales use tax exemption for gun safes and trigger locks and barrel locks. Um, so it's more affordable for gun owners to ha- be safe with guns in their own home. Um, so they can make sure that people shouldn't, that can't get those guns and be using those guns in a way that they shouldn't be. And then the extreme risk protection order, that's the third piece. And it creates a judicial process where um, someone who is a threat to themselves or others um, can temporarily be prohibited from possessing a firearm. Um, we've seen the situation with some of these shootings where um, a family will say, we didn't want them to have guns. You know, they, we knew they shouldn't have had them. And this will, through judicial process, make it, make it possible for them to have someone not have a gun, at least temporarily. <clears throat> yeah, my whole thing, too, with the, the drive-by shooting is where did, could the dude have the gun if, if, if this is the guy that committed the shooting, like you said, allegedly? Uh, where did he get the gun if he could have it? <laughs> or couldn't have it. I guess I I want I just want to know where the gun came from. And I asked Police Chief Sean Kudron about that, and he and he kind of he had an answer, but it wasn't like, oh, you know, it wasn't just spot on. This is this is the process that happens, and we can figure out where the the gun came from. Just lickety split. That's not a thing. Like if my car gets stolen, it's pretty easy to figure out who owned the car, who owns the car, and who owned the car before. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I I won't pretend to be all up to all all up to speed on on on. Uh, the the whereabouts of guns and how we track them, but uh, I feel like we could get somewhere with that. Anyway, um, okay, real quick, I, the Brewer Stadium, we we need to. It, it's between like two hundred and eighty million dollars and four hundred million dollars to renovate the Brewer Stadium. If you listen to the MLB commissioner, he was kind of like a little bit threatening that the Brewers would leave if we don't get this money. Like holding the Brewers ransom for four hundred million dollars. Do you remember this story a couple couple weeks ago? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I guess that's the deal when you're in Major League Baseball is that you can be, there are expectations of the quality of your field and your stadium, and um, you have to, evidently, that's, that's uh, things have to be kept up to a certain standard. And so, um, well, it's not like the grass the is... state to help provide some funding, so... I mean, I, I think this is a, it does have a huge economic impact, especially on the other side of the state. Although I was, it was interesting. I learned that there are every time another team plays in um, Wisconsin, uh, we get money from yeah, um, income tax from part of their salary. <laughs> so, um, so it's been interesting to kind of learn about this. I think the important thing is we, um, you know, hopefully we can come together and. Um, work out an agreement. Um, I think the equation is, you know, what's the state going to pay? Um, what 
is the team going to play? Pay? Sorry, what's the team going to pay? Yeah. What's the state going to pay? And what's Milwaukee and City, Milwaukee, Milwaukee County going to pay? Well, and people are upset um, about this because, and I'll and I'll just here's the the very dumbed down version of this: is a, a billionaire ish. He's not quite a billionaire. He owns the Milwaukee Brewers, and why wouldn't he just pay for the stadium renovations? Well, like the unlike the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks owners. There's two billionaires that own that team, I believe, still. Well, they just sold partial ownership of the team so i couldn't maybe it's maybe it's more billionaires or less billionaires but um they own the stadium so they own Pfizer forum it's an arena there but in milwaukee that's a lease it's kind of like copeland park i believe here like the city owns copeland park and the loggers lease it so in milwaukee the brewers lease the stadium from the city so if you just let it get run down and turn to trash well, that's that's the Brewers will leave, and then you'll just have a piece of trash for a stadium that nobody plays in, and maybe you have concerts, and that's it. So there is there is a little bit on the state or on the city or on the county uh, on us to kind of keep that stadium. But the Brewers could put in some of this. But my, uh, you want to hear how I could solve this, Joe? Yes, I do. So I think we paid about two hundred ninety million dollars in taxes. Not we, but Milwaukee people paid about that to to over the last, what, 20-some years to pay for the stadium? Okay. Something like that. that and they right. want, and apparently when it first came out, they want about $280 million. Well, just give the guy the stadium and then let him do the upkeep. Just make it like the Buck Stadium. Give, like, here, sign it off. The City of La Crosse did this with the Senior Center, a dollar. Here's the Senior Center for a dollar. And then there were some stipulations that, you know, you can't leave. You can't leave. Like the Brewers, you can't leave Milwaukee if we give you the stadium. So just give them the stadium, like sell it to them for a dollar and then let them do the upkeep. Don't they, aren't they taxed on it then because it's property taxes? So there's more. uh, uh, Say that again. Well, then then they would own the thing, right? Then the state or the city or the county, whoever owns it, wouldn't own the stadium. Then you can charge property taxes on them too. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm, I'm ready to work at, look at any possibility um you know i didn't i didn't vote for the buck stadium funding or the bucks arena right i didn't go to the ribbon cutting because i didn't i didn't vote for it and i i didn't feel like it was right that i was going to there be there for uh for photos when i didn't support it um i didn't see the support in my district for that um when i did my listening session one of my listening sessions uh the first uh, input I got was please do not fund the Brewer Stadium. I also know some people love baseball. You know, I think we just had Lacrosse Day, Explore Lacrosse Day, and in, in the at the Brewers. Yeah. I think yesterday didn't La we? Area that day, when all yeah. the buses go over. Yeah, so I know I know there are big baseball fans. My church, I've gone with them on the bus, and it's a fun day. It is. I love baseball, but um, I, I have a I have a hard I have a hard time. Um, with taxpayers, um, again, paying for stadiums that were billionaires or have their teams and the team members are millionaires. It's, you know, this is, I think it's kind of craziness what's going on in our country where sports are like the new religion, right? People used to put in, in Europe, people used to put a lot of money into like churches. That was the, that was the investment. And now we're building these giant stadiums and arenas and, um, but that's where we're at right now in, in the United States. So I just hope we can get to an agreement um, that works for everybody. I, I would like to keep the Brewers. I just 
I just don't want Western Wisconsin to have to pay a lot for it. Yeah, and if the Brewers leaving, the Twins are closer anyway. It's only two hours to go see the Twins. <laughs> Is that blasphemous? I can't. You can't agree with that. Um, all right, we I, got, have, I have mentioned to my colleagues, you know, and people in my district, that they want to see a Twins game, they can go to Minneapolis. <laughs> I uh, have mentioned that. It's closer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they're number one in their division right now, but that never means anything. All right, we're going to talk about child care funding when we come back with State Rep. Joe Billings. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Wrapping up our conversation here with State Rep. Jill Billings, but the, I kind of saved the best or the worst for last. I don't know how you want to quantify this, Jill, but um, and last week at was it last week or was it this week? Uh, nah, it was two at, at the two in the morning vote. Was that last week? Oh yeah. Okay, so right, at two, right. Everybody sat around till I think it was like ten thirty. They finally gaveled in Joint Finance Committee and did stuff in the dark of night. Yeah, because I wanted to have you on last week, and you're like, um, this thing starts at ten thirty p.m., so it's not going to be productive. Because I will be, uh, yeah, and you were probably a zombie. I like to say that that the Republicans defunded childcare at bar time in Madison. In Madison, <laughs> what they did. That's about right. Yeah, that's about right. So at bar time, they, they and what they did was they they kind of ended a program that was initially started with using federal money to kind of subsidize childcare facilities to kind of keep their heads above water, so to speak, to keep their workers paid and keep their facilities open because um, there's a fine. There's a fine line there. The margin is thin. And they, they voted to end that. Why? What's so I don't I don't understand. You, can you explain it? <laughs> well, you know, when I talk to my friends on the other side who are are working with me trying to to get some good stuff passed for child care, for working families, um, you know, they say that there are some people who just don't they either haven't aren't from families where both. Uh, husband and wife work, or maybe they're older. There's a lot of old folks in the uh, assembly, and so maybe they've just never had to deal with the child care issue. Um, so, and but some people should be able to see it with their with their kids and grandkids. So I don't quite understand. I don't know, but um, yeah, they instead of investing over three hundred million like the governor did, they they invested uh, thirty million. Um, for a, a child care revolve, revolving loan fund um, and uh, some quality uh, issues, it won't be. It won't open up more slots. It won't. Um, it won't help help those who are uh, child care centers stay open. So what they did really didn't solve the problem that exists out there. Where um, and there's a group called the Century Foundation. And they recently did a study on child care centers, too, and they said um, that without um, this funding, probably they estimated 2,110 providers are going to close because they just can't keep the doors. They can't afford to keep the doors open. Um, So then, you know, you have parents that no longer, you know, they'll have someone stay at home with the kids. Um, and then we have more workforce issues, um, a loss in earnings, a loss in child care jobs as these places close, then child care workers are going to, you know, probably try to find somewhere else to settle. But um, And so it's, uh, I mean, this is something that it is a difficult thing. As you said, the margins are thin. Um, so, you know, I think it is a worthwhile investment. 
uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, who said, said this is a two-generation benefit to society when you've got young kids, if they're in a healthy child care situation, um, you know, their synapses are connecting, their brains are growing, it's, it's healthier for those kids, they become healthier adults and a, a healthier workforce, and it's good for parents who who want to want to be out working. Um, you know, I just I just talked to my staff person today about the challenges that he has. He just had a second child, and how expensive it's going to be uh, for him. Um, so it's this is something real that's happening in Wisconsin. Um, something that maybe some providers are going to be doing when they lose this child care counts funding is you know, raise their rates. And one local provider here talked about raising it $200 per month yeah, per child. Yeah, That's I, a lot of money. I'm going to have, uh, I think it's Sherry Pika. I think I'm, I'm going to have her on my show next week. She owns, she runs, uh, I think, Sprout, Sprout Child Care. Yeah, so she's going to come yeah. on. I talked to her for about five minutes yesterday. Well, it might have been longer than that, but she talked the whole time. And uh, <laughs> I just listened. And I said, that's a lot. We'll we'll do it on the show. And she goes, well, you'll just have to cut me off when we do it on the show on the air. And I go, no, you're, you're good. Like everything she said was she's very passionate about it. And But, yeah. but like, okay, can, can I just, you tell me if this is not going to happen. But it was federal money from COVID. Republicans mm-hmm. don't like to be affiliated with COVID. It's kind of like a virus that's contagious. So they don't want anything to do with COVID anymore. So they kill that funding. And then, therefore, they're not going to get infected by COVID funding. And then they make their own funding and call it like the Republican Child Care uh, Recovery Act. And they just use state funding. It's not affiliated with COVID. They created it themselves. They named it after themselves. And then they implement it. And then Governor Evers signs it. And and then, therefore, they have it for themselves. And it doesn't have anything to do with COVID or Joe Biden money. Uh, is that a possibility or is that already too late? And it's not, it's not like they're going to gavel in at 2 a.m. tonight and do that. Maybe. No, I don't see that happening. I think the I think that probably the thirty million is that is what it is. Um, yeah, that's that that's their package. That's what uh, Representative Rodriguez, who is their spokesperson on this, that's what she brought forward. Um, you know, when our members were saying you can't cut this funding, this is how vital it is to our workforce and to parents and um, to kids, and she said nope. We're cutting it, but we have our own pro- our, our own program that we're bringing forward, and that was the thirty million dollars. So, so instead of three hundred, what it is instead of three hundred million dollars, it's three thirty million dollars. While we sit on seven billion dollars in budget surplus, that's going to pay for tax go. breaks for the rich. That's that's where we're at. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that's I don't those priorities. I don't understand. I mean, our our child care center is so corrupt that we can't subsidize them. Maybe they're maybe they're running like child labor. They're, 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 you know, like, well, we're trying to pay lower child labor uh, age, but maybe they're, maybe they're making the kids work in there and they're corrupt and we can't have them. I'll tell you the people I know that have kids in child care centers, those, those centers are, are golden for them. Those teachers, just knowing they have a safe place for their kids so they can, when they go to work, they can focus on work and, and not have to be worried. And I mean, that's golden. That's golden if you can find, um, child care and quality child care near you. I mean, we've got a lot of places that have a child care desert where they they just don't even have the options. I think I told you the story before about uh, the docs that came to um, Vernon County, Vernon Memorial, 
and they were all ready to move there. Um, you have one and minute, And then they Jill. looked around at child care options and said, we can't do it because there's no child care for our kids. Oh, sure. And you know how badly we need doctors in rural areas. And so, I mean, this is just a compounding problem. I was going to say that those people could zoom in to the hospital from remote, but they don't have internet either. So... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right. That's State Rep. Jill Billings. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out this hour. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rick. All right. We'll see you later. Um, all right. That's going to do it for today. Uh, appreciate Jill Billings coming on as I hang up on her. And uh, I'll be in here tomorrow again for Mike Hayes. I, uh, let me see. Let me write. I don't have my doc open, so I'm not sure who. But I will play some of that interview with Sean Kudron. And, uh, yeah, if you want to harass me in the morning, feel free. Thanks, everybody.